Welcome to this week's edition of the Scenes from the Spectrum podcast. Sixers Graham, Sixers Justin with you once again. Um, we might have missed a couple days. It's okay, though, because we're going to recap this West Coast trip from the Sixers that ended in a Suns loss uh, yesterday afternoon. But all in all, a three-game trip. You got two wins out of it. And I think it was pretty successful. Sixers Justin, the floor is yours. Thoughts on the West Coast trip in its entirety? Um, the West Coast trip was pretty good. I mean, obviously, it ended in disappointment, but um, I did not expect to beat the Suns. They just are a way better and polished team. Uh, they've been around each other for over a year now. Um, Harden and the Sixers are still trying to, you know, get that chemistry, um, know everybody's roles, and and try to you know, uh, find the roles that best fits the team. And I think Harden is still trying to do that while getting everybody to find their roles. So not expecting to beat the Suns. They're just a way better and polished team. Um, There's nothing really you can do about it. But we did kick off the road trip with a game against the Lakers where it was pretty close down the stretch where it shouldn't have been. I mean, LeBron was out and injured but you know you let teams creep up on you and we're lucky that we didn't lose yeah i mean this is exactly how i expected it to go maybe you know a win against the lakers and clippers maybe one of them being close and then a loss against the suns this is basically exactly what i expected to happen uh and i i think that's okay like you know it, it's not every team can beat the suns i mean literally no team can beat the Suns right now. They are they are so good, and they are a really good basketball team, and they are the the heavy front runners for the to win the finals as they should be. They've been the best team uh, through the sample size, which is you know we're heading into the final. You know we're seven eighths of the way there uh, in, in the in the regular season. So the Suns have been dominant all season long. I did not expect the Sixers to win. The Suns. Uh, are my pick to win the finals. I don't think the Sixers are going to win the finals because they're just not as good as the Suns. But, you know, all in all, James Harden had a bad game against the Suns. All right, he had a bad game, okay? Like, yeah, he's been struggling a little bit, uh, but he's still he's still a really good player. I, I'm not worried about James Harden um, at this particular moment. Uh, but, I mean, you, you look at guys like – even if James Harden has a bad game, you're going to lean on guys like Tobias and Tyrese Maxey. Tobias played well for a small stretch in the Suns game. Maxey was pretty much abysmal. He had, he had what, 18 points, but the efficiency was absolutely terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, 7 for 21, 3 for 10 from uh, behind the arc, which isn't, like, absolutely terrible. Uh, minus 25 on plus minus, which isn't my favorite stat, but when somebody's minus 25, you have to – you have to look at it. So even with Harden having a bad game, Embiid was still dominant, had seven offensive rebounds, which I love, uh, with 37 points. I mean, the man was unstoppable. Nobody can guard him, but you just need one of those three guys, Tobias, Maxier, or Harden, to have a semi-decent game, and you beat the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was really questionable about last night, uh, Matisse Thibel actually sat the entire second half, which was weird because you need him to guard guys like CP3 or especially Devin Booker. Um, that's a coaching decision that I didn't understand. Um, Tobias Harris had a 
good five minute stretch in the second quarter uh, with the bench squad. And he was lighting it up out there. He grew the lead to about 15 points, but disappeared in the second half. Um, James Harden shot two for 11 in. I know it's just a random regular season game in March, but if you're a superstar in this league, you cannot only make two field goals. It's just unacceptable. And we need more Um, shot two for 11, 18%. Those two shots that he made were behind the arc. Um, Maxi seven for 21, 33%. I mean, we were that close to the Suns, it was a very close game down the stretch until the last minute or two. And Harden and Maxi had bad games. I mean, it, it shows a lot about this team. Um, it shows that we can beat a team like the Suns. Um, now, like you said, I do expect uh, Phoenix to win the finals. But this is great for our team because it shows we can compete with the best team in the league. And that's exactly what we did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys saw that there, it was a competitive game and Embiid was really the only player that played well. Maybe Shake Milton had a good game, but he only got, what, 14 minutes. So Embiid was the only player that played well in that game and we were competitive with the best team in the league. And yeah, like Harden, what he what he did, you know, the, the way that he played wasn't great. It was unacceptable, but it's not necessarily something that I'm worried about per se uh, because – you could, you know, uh, of course, Harden's the main guy getting, you know, a max um, on a max deal. And you look at someone like Tyrese Maxey or or Tobias Harris, whose load isn't as much as James Harden, but still, you know, seven for 21 is pretty bad. And then disappearing in the second half isn't going to help as well. Like I said, if we just have one of those three guys step up, we beat the best team in the league. So one guy I'm not too worried about as a collective unit, it's, you know, it's difficult when you have you know Tyrese and James both off on the same on the same night, uh, and that's going to be hard to beat. You know the Pacers uh, if those two guys are not playing well on the same night, and much less the Suns. And you know Embiid is just it, it's just so good. I you can't like you got to realize who we put out there on the floor, how they played, and what Embiid still did against the team we were playing. I mean he was he was dominant. Yeah, um, and Embiid is always going to get his. Um, he's always going to be dominant. My obviously my pick for MVP this year. But Sixers fans that have kind of turned on James Harden for his recent struggles, it's kind of pathetic. I mean, they should know he's not at a hundred percent with the hamstring injury. Um, he's still taking care of his hamstring. He's probably what like eighty five percent. Which I expect um, him to get a lot of rest at the end of the season, leading up to the playoffs. We play a lot of bad teams near the end of the schedule, so by the time the playoffs comes, I I think he'll be a hundred percent. I think he's just coasting right now through the end of the regular season, and then we'll probably see a more dominant James Harden by the time playoffs starts. Yeah, I think that uh, James Harden is saving his best basketball. He should be. Uh, I mean, he, he's here for the playoffs. He's not here for the regular season. Um, Embiid, Embiid is going for that MVP. If he wasn't, he would most likely be coasting as well. Um, I, I think that you know James Harden is here to win playoff games, not regular season games in March. Uh, and that's pretty evident with the, with the play that he's put out there on the floor this season. 
Yeah, um, definitely expect them to have a completely different games in in the playoffs. I mean, but back to yesterday, um, I think the bench could be a little bit of a concern going into the playoffs. I mean, yesterday was just a bad game for a lot of people. DeAndre Jordan continues to be pathetic. Um, (laughs) Niang, when he's off, he's off. Um, he shot one for three. Um, didn't make a single three pointer. I think he only shot one three. I mean, he's pretty much he's one of our better shooters, and he's only gonna shoot one shot from behind the arc in a game where I mean, it's not like he didn't play many minutes at all. I mean, he got eighteen, and and you're gonna be a a three point specialist and only shoot one three pointer. That's you know that's not great to see. Um, I mean. He's not a great playoff performer, anyways. Uh, Niang, we know that we knew that coming into the season, uh, but you still need to shoot more than one three pointer for my liking. Yeah, um, I just he needs to find get get in a spot, and he didn't do that last night. Um, Shake Milton, he's very solid at times. Danny Green, you'll never know with him. I mean, he can be on fire or be a complete mess i mean last he had night, eight rebounds though yeah he did have eight rebounds last night he shot two for seven from three which is 28 <laughs> percent um and then you know our backup center which i don't even want uh i mean so he's just he's just not good but he can catch a lob yeah, he can. Catch I mean, a lob, like, but... he's not a good he, he, in this stage of his career. DeAndre Jordan is nowhere close to being a good basketball player. Um, he's very below average, but that's kind of what his role is. I mean, his role is to catch a lob, get a spark going, and then get out the gate. There's one thing that I was kind of confused about from last night's rotation. Furkan Korkmaz got a DNP, which did not play coach's decision. Right. Um, he had a really, he had a couple really solid games leading up to the Suns game, and I was expecting to see him fully back in the rotation and after some good games doc just took him right back out of the rotation um i didn't understand that i do think he should have been kept in the rotation i mean we didn't play uh Ferk and we didn't play isaiah joe it's it's gonna be tough to win some games when you don't have those two guys to space the floor i mean you could only do so well with niang and you've like, and that's another thing. Niang only shot one three-pointer when Furkan and Isaiah Joe, the other two sharpshooters off the bench, didn't even play. So, it, yeah, I would like to see Furkan or Isaiah Joe, someone like that out there on the floor, just to, you know, maybe they hit a three and that's a spark, and they might that might get James going or Tyrese going or or Tobias going again. So uh, that that's one thing that, like you said, that was a head-scratching decision along with uh, Matisse not playing at all in the second half. Yeah. Um, another thing that Sixers fans have been asking for for kind of the past month is Charles Bassey. But obviously, it's a pipe dream by now. It's not going to happen. No, I, um, it, it, it shouldn't happen. It, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's something that's been asking, but Charles Bassey just is not ready. Yeah, he played he play good. All right. <laughs> People play good, right? Um, he just isn't ready for the NBA stage. Neither is Jaden Springer. They're both projects. Will they be good basketball players? Absolutely. I think so. I think they'll be, they'll turn into pretty darn rotation, darn good rotational pieces for the Sixers. 
But uh, at this stage in their rookie careers, they are not ready to play the basketball that the Sixers are going to be asking them to play uh, down the stretches of some playoff games. I mean, maybe he'll play against the Pacers and the Pistons the last two games uh, when Embiid and Harden's it. Uh, but other than that, he probably won't play at all this season. Uh, yeah, he has been doing pretty well in the G League, like Graham said. I don't think he's NBA ready, but I would have liked to like, see him get minutes by now. People don't understand the leap from the G League to the NBA. It is massive. I mean, we are talking about a huge leap. It's not like in baseball, triple A to the majors. It's like it's like double A. I don't even want to say it's double A to the majors. Like it is, it's a it's a very very large leap. And you look at someone like Paul Reed, who was LeBron James of the G League. I mean, Paul Reed is like untouchable in the G League. Nobody's doing it like Paul Reed is. And like, quite frankly, he can play some good minutes, but he's just not NBA ready. So you could have someone that is the best G League player. Day in, day out is the best in the G League, and just it will not translate to you know successful winning basketball over a long period in the NBA. Like you don't that you don't see that. Like the best player in AAA goes over to the majors and then has a long successful career. That you know that's just like it, it's you, people don't people don't understand the the leap from G League to the NBA. It is huge. Yeah, because you're. Because in the G League, you're playing all guys who just aren't NBA ready. And then you go to the NBA and you're playing the best of the best, like the best in the world. So it is a giant leap. Um, I think we might see Charles Bassey next season. But for this season, it's not going to happen. I'm, I just don't see it happening. You know, it's... Uh... Like even with Jane Springer, he might get the last two games. But other than that, it's next season, and it's going to be a lot of summer league where we're going to see really how good they've improved. Yeah, and moving on to Tobias Harris. Um, we all saw Tobias Harris in his, in his few minutes of glory last night with the bench squad in the second quarter. Um, got the lead out to 15. He can have some bad games, even some really brutal games, but... You know, games like last night where if he plays like that, he, it makes us finals contenders. It's just that simple. Um, he did disappear in the second half, which I hate. Um, he shot one for five from three. But with the bench squad, he was working hard. He was getting buckets. Um, he had like nine straight points. But that is exactly what you need from from your fourth guy um, in, in the playoffs to give you 18, 18 to 20 points to really keep the scoring up or even grow your lead with the bench squad. He did his job. The starting lineup needed to come back in and, and support him and keep that lead grown. But obviously that didn't happen. But, you know, Tobias Harris did his job. And I'm very happy with what he did last night. And I expect to see that from him um, day in and day out. I'm just waiting for Tobias to put together a complete game where he's good throughout the four quarters. And that might not happen, and that's unrealistic for him. But I just want to see it happen, and preferably in a playoff game, because if you have a complete Tobias Harris, Embiid and Hard can both play just decent. 
not great, not bad, just, just decent, and we can be a really good team. So that's that's something that I want to see personally uh, for Tobias, just to have one good game, and I feel like that's enough to be a really good team in, in a you know if it's a game four against the Bucks, and Embiid and Harden both have you know not stinkers, but you know they're missing some shots they usually make, but you have Tobias come in and play really really well. That could change a series where you know you can ex- you can escape a win. Uh, you could steal a win from a team when your best two players aren't playing magnificent, right? So I think that's going to be a major key and something to look out for this last stretch of the season uh, for for Tobias and and how he plays, you know, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, um, I just think, you know, Doc has to do a better job of, you know, when a player's hot, feed him. And we didn't do that. Um, after the bench squad went out, Tobias stayed in and all the rest of the starters came in. We just fed and beat and hardened. We were not feeding Tobias at all. He was calling for the ball. Doc needs to do a better job of saying, hey, he's got the hot hand. We need to feed feed him the ball. And I do think he he would have, you know, gotten a lot more points if we did feed him. Um, the last, you know, really complete game that we saw from Tobias Harris was in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was against the Wizards game one. I think he had 30 points, but that's the last um, kind of complete game we've seen from Tobias Harris. Uh, I do expect more from him, especially with the amount of money he's making. Uh, we've been asking for that for a long time, but the playoffs is a time for him to really step up because if Embiid and Harden don't have it, you know, then you can look at guys like Maxi and and Harris to really pick it up. And like you said, we could really squeak out with some wins with Embiid and Harden not playing up to their expectations. Yeah, and he did that, like you said, in the uh, Wizards series. I'm trying to exactly sure like the context of that game. Um, but I, I know Ben Simmons didn't play well, and and uh, and Tobias did, and we still won that game. And that's something that I vividly, vividly remember um, from that. And, you know, that's, that's a thing where we can steal a game when our best players don't play well. And that's that's going to be a huge, huge thing uh, for us in, in the playoffs moving forward. Yeah. And looking- even like even you could say the same thing with Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey puts together a complete game. You could have Harden and Embiid play decent and still win and beat a good team. Yeah, looking back at the the game one versus the Wizards last year, Tobias had 37 points. So that is something we need. We need that two or we need two or three games from Tobias. I mean, we're not asking for 37 points, but 20 to 25 would be fantastic. And really, that's all this team needs is just 20 points. That's it. And it makes us finals contenders because Embiid's going to get his. Harden's going to get his in the playoffs. Maxi should get his in the playoffs. We just need Tobias to, you know, get his stuff together. And I think we'll be fine. I think we can reach an Eastern Conference finals like that. Maybe even the finals. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely, definitely a huge key. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, for for him to, to play well and be consistent, especially shooting the ball. Uh, that That's going to be a huge thing for Tobias. Um, like, yeah, just 
being consistent. That's that's literally it. That's that's all that's all you need from him. You don't need him to score thirty seven. You need him to give you a, an efficient twenty two or eighteen to twenty two somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um. And moving on to probably our last good game of the season versus the Bucks. Um. As you remember, last time we played the Bucks was when we got James Harden and, but he wasn't playing yet. And, you know, Maxi kind of had his spurt of, of playing great and beat got his and we beat the bucks. And that was a great win. Uh, one of our best wins of the season. Uh, we get to play them again tomorrow. And I think it's going to be a really good one. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I always love playing the Bucks. Uh, Embiid versus Giannis is going to be super, super fun in Philly at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, that's always a treat when you when you have a superstar like Giannis come to town. And yeah, it's it's going to be uh it's going to be a tightly contested game. Sixers and Bucks have you know the last couple years come into more of a rivalry uh, with. You know some shenanigans that have happened the last couple of times we played them, but yeah, it's it's always a fun time. And um, this last stretch of games, I feel like if you beat the Bucks, you have set yourself up to go for you know, a really good run uh, for this last stretch of the season. I think you can really set the tone with this game right here because I think this is the last playoff opponent. Well. You've got the Cavs and Raptors in there, which are fringe playoff opponents. So you've this is your last, you know, cemented playoff opponent uh, you have on the schedule. And I think you can, if you win this game, you really set yourselves up because you know confidence boosters versus the Pacers and Pistons can only do so well for you. So uh, I, I think that th- this game against the Bucks is going to be huge for confidence, and it's going to be a good, you know, momentum setter for the rest of the season heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be huge for uh, momentum. I mean, to be the defending champs uh, again would really boost this team's confidence and and momentum going forward. Uh, and then we just play a bunch of bad teams and 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 almost playoff contenders for the rest of the season. I mean, we have the Pistons, the Hornets, the Cavs, the Pacers, the Raptors. And the Pacers again, and the Pistons again. It's a very, very easy, you know, kind of rest of the schedule. So that's kind of the thing where Doc tries some new things, some new rotations, maybe a a new player or two uh, from the G League. Maybe he wants to throw Charles Bassey in for a game or two. Maybe he wants to throw Paul Reed in for a game or two. But, you know, that's the last few games is kind of where you polish everything that you need and to get everything set for the playoffs. Um, and I think it, there's a chance to go uh, eight and zero in the last eight games, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, there's definitely a chance. I'm looking at six and two, seven and one at, at the best. And maybe I don't want to say it, but I mean, you could, could go four four maybe i mean that'd be the absolute absolute worst but i don't yeah, see that happening. we're we're most but, likely gonna lose to a bad team at um, least once i think six and two is the most realistic a bucks loss and then like a random loss to the raptors because they keep doubling in beat uh that that's gonna be uh 
that's going to be a huge deal probably. But, um, you know, this Sixers team who came in to that Suns game with, you know, three wins in a row, they had won a lot, um, you know, ever since that Nuggets loss, they've only lost to the Raptors and then now the Suns. So I feel like this team's heading in the right direction. You beat the Bucks, you really take that momentum, and maybe you go 8-0 uh, to finish the season. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Um, I'm looking at more of a 7-1, and a uh, 6-2 and two into the season, but, I mean, shit, <laughs> might as well just go 8-0, right? Yeah, um, especially, I mean, it'd be a great if we won 8-0, good for momentum into the playoffs. I mean, this is a perfect kind of a perfect scenario for the rest of the season. You play a bunch of bad teams and you polish things that you need to be polished and kind of perfect everybody's game and get ready for the playoffs. Um, the standings are very tight right now. The Sixers dropped from the first seed to the fourth seed. The Celtics are the new number one seed. I do kind of expect for them to drop a little bit. Um, actually, Shams just tweeted, Robert Williams uh, is feared to have a uh, meniscus tear, and probably that will put him out for the rest of the season. That's a huge blow. That is so, a huge yeah. blow. But they're still a very good team. Uh, don't yeah. get it twisted. They, they still have Jason Tatum. They still have Jalen Brown. Still have Derek White. They still have their pieces in place. And Marcus Smart, I mean, they're still they're still pretty darn good. But Robert Williams was really, really helping their defense to be the best in the league. And they are going to miss that dearly. I mean, my goodness, that's a huge defensive blow to the Celtics, who really were relying on their defense for this stretch of games that they were winning uh, since about December. I mean, it, they've they've got a really long stretch, but that that defense is going to hurt without Rob Williams. Yeah, uh, the Celtics are 9-1 and one in their last 10. They're on a six-game winning streak. I mean, moving to number two, you got the Miami Heat, who have actually had a meltdown. They're on a four-game losing streak. Yeah. They're on four and six in their last 10 games. I mean, they've dropped out of first place when they had a huge lead. Uh, does that concern you for the Heat for the playoffs? I didn't think they were uh, fi- finals contenders anyways. Yep, just about on brand for Miami Heat basketball. Um, they don't have playoff performers. You, know, you can't rely on Tyler Hero to run your offense. You can't rely on Duncan Robinson to hit threes. You definitely can't rely on Bam Adebayo. Uh, we learned that the last couple of years. And you can't really you can't rely on Jimmy Butler being your number one. So uh, I, I think that team's not really built for the playoffs. They're crumbling in a regular season fashion, which you know, uh, okay, even if they're the four seed. They might win around, um, and then you know I just don't see them going further than than the Eastern Semis. I, I would I would be surprised if they made the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is shooting nineteen percent from three for the year. I mean, he has really been struggling, except a few games. But I never saw the Miami Heat as real Finals contenders. Um, but. I don't know, dude. Their chemistry problems, it has gotten bad the last few days, or or I'll say the last few games. Um, I do expect them to drop more in the standings and take that four seed. Um, do you think the same, or do you think they'll stay up there? Yeah, I just don't think they can beat the Celtics in a series, the Bucks in a series, or the Sixers in a series. Maybe the, maybe the Bulls, I could see that going either way. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that out of the Celtics, Heat, Bucks, Sixers – the Heat are the worst team there. And and if you're 
by any chance a Heat fan and you're watching this and you're saying, oh, well, the Heat beat the Sixers a bunch of times this season, you have to understand that every time the Heat have played us this season, it was on a back-to-back. So just a bad schedule making by whoever you know makes the schedules. But Miami Heat haven't seen our real team at all this year. Um, it's it's a very tight race for the top four seeds being all within half a game. But yeah, and I any, think and anything that happened pH pre Harden doesn't count. Yeah, and I do think we'll take the one seed by the end of the year because of our easy schedule. But you never know with this Sixers team. Um, but it's it's gonna be rough. Of for that Bucks game, I mean, that could that could be a decider for who gets the it, one seed. Yeah, um, it's all these teams are kind of must wins because we're all getting thrown around in the standings. Definitely don't want to play the Nets in the playoffs. They have dropped to the nine seed after losing to the Hornets last night. The Hawk, the ten seeded Hawks, are only a game and a half behind them. Do you think the Nets kind of stay where they are? Do you think they move up to seven? I mean, they're just coasting right now. I mean, they know they're going to be in the play-in. I mean, the the Knicks are are fourteen back from first. The Hawks, who are tenth, are nine and a half back from first. I mean, there, it's not possible for them to to just like fall out the uh, fall out the play-in. They're you know they're just they're just coasting. They they know that they're going to be happy uh, getting the seven or eight, and and they're just going to roll with it from them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that you don't want to play the Nets. If you can play the Cavs or the Hornets, you'd be a lot better off uh, <laughs> for a first round. And and the thing is, um, whoever plays the Cavs or the Hornets or whoever is you know on the opposite side of the of the Nets, that's the thing. You're on the opposite side of the Nets. Not only do you miss the Nets first round, you probably won't see them again unless it's in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's going to be a huge ordeal in the playing tournament. Now, do you think in a playing game there's a chance that the that Brooklyn loses? So Kyrie can't play in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a game that they could lose. Um, because you know Nick Nurse is going to be double teaming Kevin Durant. Uh, that, that's definitely a losable game. But um, you're gonna have to hope the Cavs push in to that uh to that sixth spot and the Raptors fall. Um, I don't see them losing to the Cavs, the Hornets, or the Hawks. You know, uh, I I really think it's gonna it's it's gonna take a miracle uh for the Nets not to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um I think yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be the one to want to play the Nets. It would be great to be on the other side of that. I'm hoping the Nets get that seventh seed and the Sixers get that first seed so we don't have to play them until if we get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um they are championship contenders. But, you know, it's it's a kind of thing where they all have to be playing very well to win. Um, as you saw, Kyrie shot horribly last night from the field. I think it was six for 22. I'm not 100% sure. But KD and Kyrie have to be on top of their game for them to win a series. And, you know, when one's off, then it's going to be really hard to get a win from that game. But. Obviously, some concerns. Ben Simmons is reported to be ramping up for that team. Um, I really, really want him to come back because I know it's going to mess up the flow of the offense. 
So it's just going to be interesting to see going forward in the playoffs. Who knows if Ben's going to come back with the herniated disc in his back. It's a yeah, very that's... it's a very serious injury. Um, it is. I don't think people know, but yeah, uh, I I don't see like how you have a herniated disc but you go and start dunking and warm ups against Philly. Yeah, um he got an epidural shot. That's only to lower the pain. Eventually he's going to need surgery on that, but there's he's risking getting hurt and ruining his career for one playoffs. I mean, I don't know if that's a risk you want to take. I think just get surgery and kind of look f- towards next season. Yeah, he still has a, has a lot of his career left. Uh he's going to be looking for a contract when this one is up for sure and it's and he wants it to be max. Nobody wants to take a max contract um after their rookie deal and then not sign for another max. That's definitely something that he wants to avoid. So for the betterment of his career, um I don't think it. I don't think it'd be the betterment for anybody in this situation. I don't think it's the betterment for the Nets that he plays. I don't think it's the betterment for Ben Simmons that he plays because you don't want to. You don't want to aggravate a herniated disc. Like you can't aggravate a herniated disc. Like that. That. That'd be detrimental to his career um, because there's something surgery can't fix, and you don't want to play with that. You know that, that's that's something very serious. Uh, you know, not, nothing. You know, making fun of him. That's actually like. That's 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 something wrong with you, um, and the Nets. You're going to bring in a guy that's not portable, um, needs the ball in his hands, hasn't played um, all season. Last time he played, it was the worst basketball in human history. So, you know what? What does that benefit you? Yeah, he, could he play defense? But he hasn't played live ball in almost a year. So, where's his conditioning going to be? You know, you can't put him in. You know, he, he can't not play for a year and then play a must-win playing game. I just don't see how that helps the Nets. Uh, and I, don't, I certainly don't don't see it helping Ben Simmons playing, you know, through a herniated disc, right? So uh, I don't think that it's the betterment for, for either party that, that Ben Simmons plays this season. Yeah, um, he needs to get healthy, and the Nets don't really need him. I mean, for right now, the kind of the condition that he's in. But – it, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. Um, yeah, but I, I see them making the playoffs 100%. Yeah, so do I. Um, do you want to move on to the Q&A? Yes. Let's go Q&A. What All right, everybody. Uh, special segment for today. We put out on Twitter, drops some questions for the next episode, um, anything sports related. And you want to start with the first question? Um, yeah, first question, we will go with Mello's Goat, who may or may not be our good friend Munch. Um, mm-hmm. When will Tyrese Maxey be the second best player on this basketball team? I'm, uh, Justin, you go first with this one. This is a tough question. Well, in the beginning of the season, all the way pre-Harden, he was the second best player on this basketball team. But mm-hmm. if when Harden, if well, he's most likely going to sign that, that uh, contract extension if he does uh we're looking at about two or three years down the stretch until he's the second best player i mean his ceiling is so high but he can even if he ever moves on to a different team he's going to be the the first best player with that team his he just has a ceiling like insanely high but it's going to take a while he still has 
some work to do, um, shaping and polishing his game, working on three point jumper. Um, he's a good finisher on the basket. Uh, he needs to work on playmaking, passing, all that. But he does have a real opportunity to be the second best player on this team. And even if he moves on to a different team. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that he, it's it's going to, of course, if Harden doesn't come back, he's going to be the second best player in a couple months. But uh, if if Harden does you know, sign with the Sixers, which I'm 99% sure will happen, it's going to be about three years uh, before Tyrese Maxey is the best. Hopefully before that, I think, but like two and a half would be a good, good measurement for, for Tyrese to really take off. Uh, and once he's under that second contract after his rookie deal, I think is when you really see him, you know, take off. Uh, so I'd say about two and a half, three years. Next one from Philly underscore sports. Can the Celtics beat the Sixers in a seven game series? And that answer is absolutely anybody can beat the Sixers in a seven game series. If anything, the last couple of years has taught you that it is definitely that any team can beat the Sixers in a seven game series. That's in the playoffs. Um, will they? That's, you know, that that's. That's not a given, uh, but can they? Uh, yes, 100%. They can beat the Sixers in a seven-game series. There's definitely a chance that happens. Yeah, um, like we talked about earlier, a big loss for them defensively and Robert Williams, that's really going to hurt them. That was their center. Um, but it's just who's going to guard Embiid now, right? Uh, it's just kind of nobody because, honestly, nobody in the league can really guard no. him, <laughs> Yeah, but... I mean, Even Rob Williams wasn't. Guarding him, it'll be but, Al Horford now, actually. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun, but that's yeah, MB. they absolutely that's, could. I don't believe they would, but they could. They I could said this Sixers and beats entire career that Al Horford is his kryptonite. He always plays bad against Al Horford. Yeah, I will never in, understand in a, why in a playoff series against the Celtics. I feel like that all that yeah. goes out the window. But back to the question can the Celtics beat the Sixers in a seven game series? Yes. 100%. Now, do I see it happening? Who knows? But they can definitely beat kind of any team. They're the hottest team in the league, maybe besides the Suns. But yeah, speaking of, moved next question. From the 10th seed to this, the one this, seed. this is a perfect segue. Are the Celtics the second best team in the NBA behind the Suns? Now, I would have said yes before the Robert Williams news. Uh, in the injury now i'll say no uh i i think that they are not the second best team anymore i would give that to the milwaukee bucks second best team in the nba behind the suns yeah like you said if you asked me this last night i would have said yes with 100 percent confidence but uh as we know robert williams is a huge loss for them it's a big loss on defense um but no um, I give them around top. They're definitely top five in the league, but top two now um, Bucks or, or even the Sixers. I mean, y- yeah, but not top two anymore. Yeah. I, I think that uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's the Grizzlies, but I would, I would say, I would say Bucks and then Sixers. All right. Uh, maybe um, Grizzlies. Let's move on to a question uh, by my good friend, Matt Topeka. Does Castellanos and Schwarber make the Philadelphia Phillies World Series contenders? I'll give that one to you. Um, the short answer is no. Uh, no, they don't. Um, 
there's a lot to go into being a World Series contender. And a lot of it is what you do with the deadline, not necessarily what you do uh, in, in the offseason. I think that Castellanos, as an all-star last year, he played really well. He still um, played in a ballpark that is very friendly to home runs and to what he hits as as what he'll be a DH. And Citizens Bank Park is a home run friendly friendly park. It's a hitter friendly park. Let's get it, you know, let's not get that twisted. But it's not Grand American Ballpark. Um, I think that that's going to be um, something to look out for him. Schwarber, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, Schwarber had a you know he came back from injury. Nats put him in the leadoff spot. And he was just lights out. I mean, he was hitting leadoff home runs out the wazoo. And then he, he goes to the Red Sox, and he has a pretty good level of production there, helping through helping them throughout their playoff run. Does that make the Phillies World Series contenders? No, because you filled a hole. You needed a DH. You got a DH. You need an outfielder. You got an outfielder. You still need a third baseman. You still need a shortstop. You still need a center fielder. You need at least three more good arms in the bullpen, and you need one, you know, maybe one more starter. So there's still a lot of gaping holes, and it's not like they're, you know, <laughs> they're they're not like valuable positions. We're talking about you need a shortstop. Your defense is already bad. You need a shortstop. That you know the anchor of your infield defense. You need a center fielder, the anchor of your outfield defense. You need a closer. You need a middle inning relief pitcher. You need a lot of things if you're the Phillies. Adding a couple bats, you know, it's great. You know, bat go boom. You can you can win all these games. You know, hitting home runs that does not make you World Series contenders. Um, if you play, if you if you go against one good pitcher, if you're if you, let's say you're you're in a, you're in a series against the Brewers. They have three really good pitchers. You're playing in the NLDS versus the Brewers in, in a in a best of five, and they throw Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Fabulous! All your guys get shut down, and you're and you and you don't have you know great starting pitching other than Wheeler. Nola is off and on when he's giving up home runs on two strikes. You know we don't know what Eflin's going to be about. Can Ranger Suarez produce the same that he did last season? There's so many question marks um, in this. This this Phillies team is something that uh it's gonna be very fun to watch, no doubt about it. But is adding those two players, does it make you World Series contenders? That's a tough thing. Like there's only a handful of World Series contenders, and the Phillies are not one of those teams. Yeah, I do think pitching and defense are gonna be a huge problem. Like you said, we filled a few holes, but we still have a lot of holes to fill. Um but they're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. I mean, you have Castiano, Schwarber, and Bryce Harper all on the same team. It's it's going to be a f- uh, fun to watch them. But there are huge concerns with this team. Um, still have a lot of holes to fill. But yes, on the topic um, I, I, of the Phillies, on the topic of the Phillies, to, I would have to agree with you that we are not World Series contenders. Yes, yes. All right, Sixers fan of zero. Maybe, may not be All-Star Maxi. who knows. What will the Phillies opening day lineup be like? And this is right up my alley. I got you. I got you, Sixers fan of zero. In left field, leading off, Kyle Schorber. Batting second, behind the plate, JT Real Muto. Batting third, in right field, Bryce Harper. Fourth, designated hitter, Nick Castellanos. 
Batting fifth at first base will be Reese Hoskins. Sixth at second base, Gene Segura. And this is where it gets funky. Um, at se- Batting seventh, shortstop, Bryson Stott. Yeah, yeah, I got him over DD. Eighth at third base, not Alec Bone, but Johan Camargo. And ninth center field, not Abdubo Herrera, but Matt Burling. So, so one through six is really good. Seven, eight, and nine is a lot of question marks, but I do feel like you got Stott over DD, Johan over Bohm for the time being, and then Matt Verling over Herrera for the time being. And then starting pitcher Wheeler, if he if he's healthy, there has been rumors that he might not be healthy as of right now that he's questionable to start opening day. If not Wheeler, um, that would be my first choice. Then Noel would be the second choice. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be a fun lineup to watch. One through six. It's going to be really cool. Uh, a lot of home runs. Hopefully, it's going to be funny when Cassianos hits a home run. Um, yes. and <laughs> you already got a hit it. during the uh, DUI apology. Yeah, I heard, I watched that clip, but um, yeah. it's funny when everybody tweets out something horrible happened when Cassianos <laughs> hits yes. a home run. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be fun. Um, I'm still trying to get my Phillies knowledge up. Uh, I'm really getting back into it. But for now, Graham has all all the questions yes. for now I have, I have the baseball questions for sure yeah um, now about as soon as it's over it's about it's 12 23 monday march 28th spring training will start about one i will sit down and watch spring training for the next four or five hours yeah so, um what a I'll life probably, I'll, I'll probably watch a few games um but moving on i think we answered everything except one yes um Thomas Davis asks about the USA versus Mexico World Cup qualifiers. And we did send this tweet out uh, a few days ago. So that was their most recent game when we tweeted them out. But they've recently, I'm pretty sure it was, it was Panama. Um, let me double check. I know Pulisic went off. <laughs> yeah, we, according um, to the timeline. So uh, we tied Mexico 0-0. Um, we got a point in the the table for the World Cup qualifiers. I think we're still in second place, but we did play Panama yesterday, and we lit it up. We had three goals twenty five minutes into the game. Uh, Christian Pulisic had a hat trick, which is great to see. Just an all around good performance from the USA team last night. Um, uh, it was there. There's they should be still be second. I expect them to kind of make the world cup uh next year it's in december um it's gonna be fun i mean world cup's always fun but usa should make it unless they have some kind of big fall off or or something like that but but it'll be exciting moving forward so yep and another thing villanova in the final four Rooting for the Philly school? Are they a Philly school? Yes. Yes. There we but go. We're on the same page. Unfortunately, um, I am a Duke fan. Always yeah, have been. That sucks for you. Anyways, it's gonna but, be you know, Villanova. Villanova North, is my second team. So Villanova, North Carolina in the final. That's no that's that, yep, yep. I'm telling you. You North, think Nova, you think Duke Nova, is losing UNC, to UNC twice in a row? Yes. No shot. Yes. No shot. I'm telling it's, you, it's... Baycott, they're not ready. You're not ready for Baycott. Caleb Love is that guy. Benchero can only do so much from a mid range. 
AJ Griffin is not going to do what he did um, in in the last game. Villanova is um, not Mark gonna Williams. Win. Mark Williams. No, come on, come on, come on. You got Carl Gillespie. You got you know the veteran, you know floor raiser, floor Dude. general, court vision out the wazoo. You got Carl Gillespie. You got shooters. You got rebounders. You got the whole. You got Their everything. second leading scorer just tore his Achilles. I mean, You're fine, man. Look, you know, Louisville, no. Louisville had their guy, you know, snap his leg in half in the Sweet 16, and then went on to win. It's adversity. This is this is the NCAA tournament. I think that's a big loss, and I think Kansas is going to beat them. I think that Nova, from that injury, gathers together as a team and wins it. <laughs> that's your you best face case adversity. Scenario, Listen, I'm happy if Duke wins. I'm happy if Villanova wins. I don't care. But well, you're going to be happy that... when Nova wins. I mean, it's going to it's going to be even sweeter for you when Nova beats North Carolina. I mean, come on. That'd be see that'd be nice, but but I mean, uh the Cinderella, we haven't talked about the Cinderella story of St. Peter's. What a run by those guys um Doug with the mustache. Um, Doug Edder, what a, a phenomenal player, but they just ran out of gas. Uh, they yeah. just weren't good enough to beat the Tar Heels, and um, they they got like they couldn't get a rebound for anything. Yeah, um, UNC just had had the size on them, and you know St. Peter's really struggled like they haven't struggled in the tournament. They couldn't really hit their shots in the first half and went down by twenty. And just couldn't pull it back to back together. UNC held that lead for the rest of the game, and I kind of saw it coming towards the end, uh, especially with this UNC team being so hot. But you kind of never really knew with that St. Peter's team as they beat three good contenders. Um, but certainly did my my prediction for the finals is Duke versus Kansas. I know yours is the complete opposite, yep. but. And mine's right. <laughs> you want to put a bet on that? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, but you know, it should be fun. The uh, March Madness is always fun, and really looking forward to the finals. Yep, and go Nova. Yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Scenes from the Spectrum. I know we are a few days late. Had a little conflict of schedule. I wasn't ready he, he when he was, and he wasn't ready when I was. <laughs> but you know, we find we found a time this Monday morning, so we should get back to our res- regular schedule for Fridays. So watch out for that. But you know, you get to start out your week with a with a nice podcast about the Sixers. You know, kind of stay in class and don't pay attention and listen to the podcast. You know, do whatever you want, whatever you got, man, (laughs) listen to however we want, but thank you guys for making it this far and listening. Um, Definitely check out our link tree and our bio, check out our Twitter. um, S F T S podcast underscore that's on Twitter, but thank you guys for watching and go Sixers.